Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, support the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Mr. Davis, and I'm joined by my mortal enemy, arch nemesis, Luke Warmly Cohen. Hello, Swap Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis, Mr. Davis. You're damn right. My, mort- my mortal enemy, your big dick. How the devil are you? Okay, I had a. I was a bit hungover yesterday, um, <gasps> but I'm I'm past it now. I think. Is this why you were kind of like basically offline? yesterday on discord i was i was online i was about yeah i mean when i messaged you eventually you came back online oh i'm sorry i'm not at the beck and call of everyone's little stupid questions that aren't urgent it was quite well that urgent but it was still i wasn't even asking a question i was just sending you a message and then i just i was like huh davis is offline and the only reason I know that he was offline is because obviously it says he's offline. And I didn't even need to be on Discord because I was off work yesterday. That's a good point. Yeah. I've realized that everyone having access to me for all the time in work hours isn't isn't the best thing for me to get work done. I, I mean, people have noticed probably on the last couple of podcasts that we've done that we've made a bit of a deal about closing Discord while we do mm. the podcasts live because... It's almost like he waits for it. Like that is when Andy waits to start sending us messages as soon as we go live. And he will be like, oh, actually, there's that thing I needed to talk to them about. Do you think it might be because Andy has lunch and then he is bored? And then he's like, <laughs> I'm going to message Luke and Dolly stuff. <laughs> Could very well be, yeah. Hey, do you know what wasn't boring? Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you that. Anyway, that rule was fine, but it, we'll get into the show now. Uh, mm. I watched it at half past four this morning. Here is the show. How did you even find an illegal download link at <laughs> half four in the morning? That's what they're I want avail- to know. They're available at half four in the morning. They're available pretty much as soon as the show ends. You can find one. I don't know who those people are that provide those links, but oh, but I thank them. Thank Every you. Tuesday and Thursday when I need to watch Raw and Dynamite. Here is the show. 
Prince Ali, fabulous he, he's turned a heel. The strength of I don't know how many men, something of them should have written down the lyrics before I started this. Ali, Mustafa Ali, just revealed himself as the leader of Retribution on last night's episode of Raw. Why? I don't know. How? Your guess is as good as mine. When? Uh, Byron Saxton said for the entire time that Retribution have been around for, I yep. smell some change plans at some point. I smell a torn up script and Vince McMahon looking across the room and going, him. And yeah. now, oh. now that's how they're doing it. Once, absolutely. Louis said on Twitter this morning, I don't know how long this has been the plan. I replied to him, I'd imagine yesterday afternoon was probably when the decision was made. At the very earliest, I think, mm -hmm. yesterday afternoon. So what happened? MVP uh, midway through this show said to the job squad, hey, uh, Apollo Crews, Ricochet and Ali, I've already turned Cedric Alexander into such a success story. <laughs> He's you, been gone for two weeks. You can't move. For Cedric Alexander matches on Raw now. Of course, he is and he's not won. around. And he's won at least one of them. Mm. And he said, I'd like to offer the same invitation to you. Ricochet pondered it, did that sort of, ooh, maybe I am interested face. And then he came out and very obnoxiously, very oh, annoyingly, God. kept on saying, a pass. Pass! Like that. It was, uh, it was incredibly unlikable. Okay, okay. I, I have been watching Ricochet wrestle for years and I've never not liked Ricochet because I've always thought, what an incredible athlete. What an incredible wrestler he is. What a lovely, affable guy. This is the first time in my life where I've gone like, what a dickhead. I mm. do not like this man. I'm now actively rooting against you. And I hope you get beaten up by the Hurt Business, which thankfully he did. Yep, that's what happened. Uh, Shelton Benjamin and Bobby Lashley beat up Ricochet and Apollo Crews in a tag match. Uh, Lashley made Crews tap. It's exactly all the other matches you've seen between them for the last four months, so we won't go into it that much. But then afterwards, Ali challenged MVP for a match later on, a singles match, which makes sense because mm -hmm. Ali pinned MVP in the six-man tag the previous week. So... Later on, in the later on in the show, uh, it was the second to last thing on the show. Arguably, should have been the closer. Yes. Okay. I think the reason why this wasn't the closer is because Raw was never going to main event with Mustafa Ali versus MVP. Totally get what you mean. Mm -hmm. Probably I should have just done it in a six-man tag or something. You know, Hurt Business versus the Job Squad. It did not need the other six-man tag to end this show. Granted, when, when they did the big reveal, I was like, cool, so that's the end of Raw then. And then it was like, no, no, no stick around. There's another boring match for you. Well, we'll get into some other possible reasons why it was slotted in the non-prime part of the schedule. Uh, but yeah, MVP and Ali, they're facing off against each other. They go a couple of minutes, but then who should attack but the nasty, dastardly, light-flickering, cinderbox-throwing retribution. They all come in, and the Hurt Business are in the ring, and they sort of, you know, go back to back. They're surrounded. And Ali, in quite a cool moment, I thought, joined them. I like that. I right. thought, oh man, this is such a big threat. Even the baby faces and the heels, cats and dogs working together. Absolutely. Anarchy. Mass hysteria. Mass hysteria. And that MVP, I, then for, 
that was where the coolness ended for me. I know a lot of people are very into the Ali thing because I think, and rightly so, Ali is a very beloved wrestler. He is always a guy who's never gotten the push that he deserves. He's tremendously charismatic. He's enormously likable. He comes across as a very genuine guy, and I think we all want him to succeed. And it's good that he's getting this push. Unfortunately, it's I, I genuinely believe and, and have been conditioned to believe that it's not going to go anywhere. So Ali then says, I'm going to go out to challenge them. And just from a staging point of view, I thought this is when it all fell apart. Ali got out. He squared off to Dijakovic or T-Bone or T-Wankstein or whatever they're called. And yeah. he, 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 he sort of squared, like, looking up at him. And it just, I, I sort of triggered what was, like, figured out what was going to happen before it did. Ali turns around and he's like, get them, boys. <laughs> and Retribution storm the ring and beat up the Hurt Business. Ali is revealed as their smirking leader. And at the end of the thing, he does sort of this motion. He puts up his hand and he closes his fist, which is kind of like his old taunt with the light. But I imagine that means the light uh, is extinguished now. Yes, it is yet another example of WWE looking at a terribly booked babyface and being like, how are you such a bad babyface? Time to turn you heel, which you've had a, a fair number of over the last couple of years. And they haven't yet figured out, you know, the common theme running along here. Just like, oh, God, we've got another bad babyface. Uh, turn him heel, I guess. Um, although, counter to you, I did like this because, and here is, and I, I'm going to preface this by WWE as we know, don't book storylines. They don't tell stories. They do moments. And as a moment, this was a cool moment. I can completely, you know, get on board with the fact that pff, doesn't make a lick of sense. Um, clearly not the original plan. This is Dark Order levels of that was not the original plan. It's, uh, and likely it's going to go nowhere. But <laughs> as a singular moment, I thought that it was quite cool. Mm, yeah, and I, I've just seen this uh, comment from Fight Game Ross pop up. Here it is here. This was cool. Come on now. And that's hey, been like... cool. Yeah, that's been the major thing. And I'm not taking that away from anybody. If you thought, hey, that was a cool moment. I like Ali. I, you know, I'm, I'm glad to see him in a, in a proper main event storyline push. I wish I had your degree of hope. But I think you can also fully understand how I'm approaching this after years and years, particularly in the last year, of every single guy or girl or NXT call-up that you think is going to go somewhere. And then WWE book them into the ground or it transpires that they never cared about them in the first place because... Here comes the soothsayer. I'm going to do some future predicting. And bear in mind, what did I say about Bobby Roode last week, Luke? You said that he was going to be a Orton lackey within seven days' time. And that's exactly what happened. This is Retribution versus the Hurt Business, who get help from Apollo Crews or Cedric Alexander or Ricochet to bolster their numbers. And they have a Survivor Series match. And Redemption loses... And then they just What did I say? Redemption. <laughs> Retribution loses. <laughs> and then they fizzle out like that. I, 
I'm also going to, just to give you some more credit to your soothsayer name, remember how excited everyone was when they did those um, NXT call-ups of Ricochet, Alistair Black, Champa, and Gargano on the same day? And everyone was like, what a five out of five raw that was for how exciting this is. And you were the only kid on the block being like, this is a bad, oh, this is a bad episode of Raw because this is going to go nowhere. And lo and behold, they all went nowhere. And nowhere fast, it must be said. I'm just going to bring up a couple of other comments we've had here. Sully Perfect, like Ali turns heel. Uh, oh, this one here, Devin. I honestly like Ali as the leader. It's pretty dope. Makes sense. No, but dope. Yeah. And this one as well from Emmanuel that says, Mustafa Ali, mm. part of Retribution, he was the SmackDown hacker. I would love to have that optimism that believes <laughs> that WWE planned this all along, that he was going to be the SmackDown hacker and these two things were tied together. No, it's a happened. It's circumstance that these two things have come together. I cannot wait for the episode of Something to Wrestle in five years' time when Bruce Pritchard pretends that this was the plan all along and people listen to that podcast and go like, see, you marks and Meltzer in the dirt sheets, you don't know it was the plan all along. Be Yes, it was the plan all along. This was made up on the fly. Yeah, so well done if you are excited by this. And, and you know, it might go somewhere good. There is always that possibility. Uh, the track record of WWE as of late, particularly on Raw, doesn't suggest that it will. Uh, I, and, and with all the soothsayer stuff, the, the predictions, me and you both sat here and we're like, hey, everyone, calm the F down. Keith Lee. Is going to be just fine. Oh, <laughs> he's, he's he's debuted in a storyline with Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre. He's made to look good. Oh, yeah, he's got new music and he's got new clothes. But come on, come on, some it'll be fine. Yeah, it'll be all right. That that is legit a three week push that we really, really should have seen coming. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and I mean that that was the last thing I've been burned by. So that that probably informs the way I'm approaching this. But let's go through all those things that people just brought up because they are, you know, they are quite uh notable, I think. This is a this is who's the heel and who's the heel here. Uh, okay, well, there are no faces and heels in WWE. There are characters. So the Hurt Business, are, they're not heels or faces. They are just the Hurt Business. And uh, Retribution are not a heel or face group. They are just Retribution. Mm -hmm. Okay. So uh, are they involved in the draft? Oh, there was no mention that, of the draft I in all of this. Well, they are under WWE contract because remember, WWE signed them to contracts, even though their sole purpose is to destroy WWE. So they are under WWE contract to Raw. So, yes, I would imagine they are up uh, as part of the draft, along with the Hurt Business. How does the hacker thing tie into this? It doesn't. I think that they will probably make like a one line reference to it. You know, it'd be like, I was trying to hack SmackDown and that I stopped. Uh, and then I came to Raw and I went to main event for a bit. Now uh, I'm the leader of Retribution. Also, the Ali thing, because Retribution's whole deal is just that we are NXT call-ups, right? That was their whole deal. So why is Mustafa Ali all of a sudden part of this group and the leader of it now, someone who was not an NXT call-up? Mm. He was a 205 Live guy. Yeah, that's right. He was never... He was Cruiserweight Classic through to 205 Live. He never actually went through the NXT ranks. Yeah. Huh. Uh, and, and my final question was going to be... Ah, okay. Here's the other thing as well. Uh, Reckoning mentioned it on Twitter. 
I'm again, the Twitter thing is fun. Dijack on Twitter is very funny. Slapjack and the other one are being very funny on Twitter. That Twitter stuff is not what's being presented on Raw. I didn't look at Dijack on this show and be like, that's the lad on Twitter. When mm. I looked at it, I was like, that's the character that's on Raw. Those two are very, very separate things. Uh, so m- one of my other problems, not problems, but just sort of reasons to not take, not reasons to not have any hope, which, <laughs> which might be the title of my book on WWE. <laughs> and that is that this wasn't the main event. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, uh, yeah. Tell, talk us through this. This, if look, people are going. This is a, this was a really cool angle, and I, I, I don't actually agree. I don't think it was very well done. I think it came across as a bit goofy, and there is no sort of substance behind it, which is what I look for in things sometimes. Um, but fair play, a lot of people did like it, and I can't deny that. So you, you either treat it for what it is in your own eyes as a company, as a booker, and you put it on in the second to last match slot, and which is to say this is a mid-card act, which is how Retribution has been booked from the start. And now they're even, like, now they've been properly slotted in. They're going against the Hurt Business. They're not going for any titles. Well, I guess the United States title's in there somewhere. But they're not taking out Drew. They're not taking out Orton. They're not attacking all the legends last week. They were on SmackDown a bit, but they, they've got more gripes with the ring. So I, the reason this, that this could have, I know you say if Ali versus MVP is at the end, then... That shouldn't, like, that wouldn't encourage viewers to stick with the show. And I get that. There are ways around that, though. You tease a retribution thing through the whole night, and then people know there's going to be retribution interference in the end. And that actually all makes sense when Ali turns with them more from from a sort of foreshadowing perspective. To give them, to give WWE some credit in here, and why I actually I think that them putting this in this semi main was a smart move. So maybe not from a presentation wise, but certainly from like uh, the way that the show played out, I'm going to give them some credit here. I didn't see it coming. Like when that match started, when Ali versus MVP started, did you think to yourself, one of these men is going to reveal themselves to be the leader of retribution? Did you like, I, I did, I, I didn't, I didn't even think that retribution would even make an appearance. So, and because it was in the semi main, it did actually take me by surprise. So Mm. I'm going to give them credit there because I think that was done by design. I think it was done to be a red herring to throw us off the scent. I think it was done because they see them as a mid-card act. Well, there's there's also that possibility. Seeing someone else say that uh, they never said that they were NXT call-ups, we said they were that. No, they literally said that in a promo. (laughs) They said, we're from the performance center. We're performance center recruits. That was their gimmick. Yeah, their motivation was everyone else is getting chances ahead of them, yada, 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 generic bullcrap. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. 
What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Do you like board games? Then you'll love Phenomenerds, a channel all about the best board games your money can buy. Do you not like board games? Then you'll love Phenomenerds, a channel all about why you're f***ing wrong. If the only game you've played is Monopoly, a bad game, with your family, a bad family, we're here to show you all the good times you and your friends are missing out on. We'll teach you the different types of board games out there, great ones to start your collection, how to host games gaming night, how to teach your friends rules, we'll have deep dives into classic games, crazy stories from board gaming history, drunk board gaming, and so much more. At Phenomenerds, we consider it our sacred duty to get you into the greatest hobby in the world, no matter what level you currently are. So subscribe to Phenomenerds now and get on board. Uh, before we uh, get on to all of your su- 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 super chats, we've got some Patreon pledge hammers to give cheap pops to. Remember, go over to Wrestle Talk's Patreon page. The link will be in the video description somewhere below, and I believe pinned to the live chat. If you go over there, you'll get loads of exclusive podcasts, shout outs in videos, extra content. It's all, it's all there. And this week, we are taking votes in a poll on what classic October pay-per-view ah, me and Luke yeah. should review. We are indeed. And $25 and above backers get to suggest pay-per-views to go in there. That's, uh, that topic is now open, so people can go. If you are a $25 backer, do go in. Let us know your suggestions, what pay-per-view you want us to review next. And if you're thinking to yourself, well, I'd really like to hear what one of these Patreon podcasts sounds like, but I'm not willing to put the dollar-dollar bill, y'all, uh, like Limbiscuit down to get it. Well, friends, tomorrow in the free podcast feed will be a near four hour review of WrestleMania 30 that Ollie and I recorded in April 2019 in the same room together because you were allowed to back then. And yeah, that's going to be free in the podcast feed. So go to your podcast provider of choice and get a sample, a little taster, because we're celebrating three whole years wow. of us doing Patreon-exclusive podcasts. And this is our gift to you for being amazing fans. Um, and yes, and if you like that, patreon.com forward slash rest talk, and you can get so many more like it. Thank you, everyone, so much for your continued Patreon support. It's the best way to support the channel, remember. Uh, and these people in particular, the $25 a month for more Pledge Hammers, Luke's favourite fan, the one, the only, the awesome Bubba. 
Woo! Oh, whoa! It's hard to do the clapping when I've got the tight around my uh, shoulder. The roller coaster, Robert Acosta. Nice. Ronald Coleman, baby. Very nice. Ryan, be bad. Thank you. The British Bulldog, Philip Boy J. Smith Jr. Oh, oh, Rob Steiner, recliner. Thank you. Bad connection, Thomas Lagden. Woo! Like this guy right here. This guy's always got bad connections. The incredible Tarzo. Ross Pooper Scooper Cooper. Yeah, very nice. Get him up. Andrew, the last airbender. Nailed it. it. That's exactly First it. Try. Jack Daniels on the Carl Rocks. Woo! And WrestleTalk's personal problem solver, Jamie Donovan. Thank, Thank you, Jamie. You, everybody, ever so much. Uh, let's see what you all thought on the super chats. But remember, get in all of your super chats because we will answer every single one of them before the end of the show. Uh, Highwell DDA says, why is a former cop out of nowhere doing a 180 and leading a pseudo-anarchist group? I wish people's characters dictated their actions more in WWE. Well, Highwell DDA, it was a moment. And it was <laughs> a cool moment. Yeah, if, if people didn't know, Ali used to be a cop in Chicago. Fascinating story. Mm. Never it was really part of his character. It was yeah. part of his character in WWE. Remember, he was cutting those promos. Like he had that string of about five months where he was just cutting great promos on SmackDown every single week, and it just went to nothing really. Mm. Matt Dennis, WWE has turned bad storylines around to make great ones in the past. Selective memory, I think, Matt. It's, <clears throat> it's more often than not just more bad. Do you guys think they will do that with Retribution? I hope so. Ali deserves it. Ali certainly deserves something really, really good out of this. I've seen a few people, I think Stephen Larson were talking about how that it'd be great if next week Ali just comes out, tells them to take off the masks, tell them to drop the stupid names and just go back to Dijak Madden and actually just work in all of the stuff that you should have done from the start, which is that Dijak was looked over in favor of Keith Lee. Madden was taken off TV by Brock Lesnar and commentary and no one seemed to care. Shane Thorne was an MVP act. He, him and his, I can't remember what his tag partner was called now. The, um, that other lad that they, oh. that Vince was high on backstage. Brandon um, Vink. That's it. Yeah. Brendan Vink. And like they were, MVP was their manager. For oh my week. God. <laughs> there and it is. There's the story. So you can, but you can use that as the story, but they're opting not to. Mm. We've got a, a great run of super chats based on what what Ali could be called. Now he's in the in Retribution. Wilson Simons, welcome Retribution's new member, Lightbright. I think uh, our own Retribution, like to, like create your own Retribution name. His name was Ace Wipe, I believe, mm. uh, by our own recognition. Uh, uh, Nate S, is Ali still Ali, or is he going by Ruckus now? Ruckus is a great wrestling Ruckus. name. I love that. That's a great. That's a great member of like a a, a group faction. Like your big heavy guy at the back, uh, or a big Ruckus, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles henchman. <laughs> yeah, and he's played by Brodus Clay in the live. <laughs> Mike Hawkins, can we take a moment to realize how much better Retribution could be if one of them wasn't called Slapjack? Um, I mean, they'd still be a lame group, but. It doesn't yeah. help that one of them is called Slapjack. 
They were lame long before their names were oh. revealed. Oh, 100%. Uh, Bacon Rasher, hi lads. Ali as leader is stupid. A hurt business face now. Plus Mysterio Murphy, I can't differentiate heels and faces anymore. Thanks for watching for us. Uh, Bacon Rasher again. Also, if you hadn't watched WWE in weeks, you would think the draft is done already. <laughs> Finally, retribution equals TNA Nexus. This company, hashtag Andy's JTJ. Oh, that's unfair on TNA. The Aces and Eights <coughs> angle in the early days was great. That Taz reveal? Is it just me in here? It's friggin' hot in here. <laughs> he takes his jacket off to reveal he's wearing the Aces and Eights vest. Oh, that's amazing. And the Bully Ray, uh, um, like the whole storyline to reveal him as the leader was was brilliant. Um, oh, yeah. So, so it's great. just a shame they lost everything yeah. <laughs> uh, and finally for now Stephen cause clearly while brushing up on his hacking skills ali figured out in a series of emails that these guys were unhappy send them chain letters bffs i like that Stephen. very very nice well before we get into the full play-by-play -play review of the show we've got a magazine out soon uh issue 23 of the wrestle talk magazine where we are diving deep into AEW versus NXT, the first year of this counter-programmed, but definitely not counter-programmed, remember, it's just a coincidence of uh, Battle on Wednesday nights. Laurie Blake has written a like four, 5,000 word article diving deep into this whole battle as it's transpired over the year. So yeah. yes, get yours at WrestleTalkMerch, dot com now it's there it's i have to point this way there we go <laughs> there it is the mirror makes just, it weird just one more super chat before we get out of it because this one's just come in uh that said you guys also thought that Brody lee being the leader of the dark order was a bad idea now it's one of the best things in AEW. give ali time mm. i seem to remember liking that from the get-go because i really liked uh Brody lee we did say that it sort of made no sense because he was a different character to what the dark order were doing and they have retrofitted that together but like the Dark Order is a, a good example, I will say this, a good example of a bad idea that became very, very good by its fourth attempt of being good. You know, its fourth attempt, its fourth reboot. Yeah, we, we were, we, we definitely, we were like, oh, Brody Lee, great. Can't wait to see what he does with the character and the faction. But, oh, he seems to be doing a completely different act to the rest yeah. of the group. That's what we were saying back then. But I think if you go back and watch, we always said, but let's let it play out because AEW consistently take fan reaction on board. They tweak, they make stuff work. And when you've done that time and time and time and time again, I was down on the inner circle when they first mm -hmm. debuted on that first episode of Dynamite. But Dynamite and AEW have built up credibility and trust within their audience. WWE has done the complete opposite by completely undermining their own credibility. And yeah. that is why when Ali gets revealed as the leader of Retribution, I'm not there like, huh, <laughs> WWE have definitely got great plans for this. Or if they don't, they'll take our feedback on board. I'm here going, ah, well, this will be a mid-card thing that fizzles out in a couple of months because it's 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 nicer for me to think that way for my own well-being than think, yes, I'm excited about this. I can't wait to see this happen in the best possible version of what it can be because unfortunately, I cannot remember the last time that has actually played out in this company. No, thank you.
Right, so the show itself opened on Randy Orton giving a hour-long description <laughs> of what he did to Old Tribution last week. This was less a promo and uh, more of an audible, like, audiobook read. It was basically like they thought, well, we could put together a video package or we could have Randy Orton tell the story of a video package in audible form. And that's what he did at great length. Uh, he, he spoke for about five minutes with a few clips played over the top. And at the, all the while I'm, I'm watching this, I'm a bit bored. And I'm thinking he that the very first thing after sneaking off as a janitor the previous week and going through great elaborate lengths to cover up his actions, here he is telling us exactly what he did. Oh, yeah. And I'm just like, so what was the point of you being in disguise? But we asked this last week because we said like there was going to be no way that you can retrofit this into being that it for it to make sense because Drew is not an idiot and we in the audience are not idiots. We literally saw him do it. Uh, I did like Drew showing that he's not an idiot by opening the door, you know, four minutes too late for my liking <laughs> on Drew's on on Randy's promo, and he just like walked in, shut the door, and they started scuffling. So that was he's good. And Randy, awesome. like a chicken s word heel, scuppered away. Love Drew McIntyre. He mm. is great. Uh, and in all this, Orton challenged Drew to a match at Helena Cell in Helena Cell. Yes. So <laughs> I can't remember if I, did I talked to you about this, but it's like, you know, do you want to beat Randy Orton three times in a row in three attempts to win the title? Or does Randy win the title here? And then you tease a fourth match between them on pay-per-view. Well, the I, next one's TLC, no, it's Survivor Series, so you wouldn't have a match then. They could mm. get split up in the draft. Uh, yeah, maybe. I could do with them getting split up, to be honest. I think AJ's certainly coming across. So we, oh, which will yeah. give Drew like a new top level heel to face off against. Um, so after that, we got Zelina Vega, Lana and Natalia taking on Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke and Asuka. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it wasn't really much match. They went a million miles an hour to get all their spots in. Um, Mandy Rose picked up the win, I think. She pinned... Yes. Which well, one did she pin? She definitely pinned Lana. And 90% okay. of the offense was at Lana. <laughs> and the post-match beatdown was at Lana. Do you think yeah. they're annoyed at, at Natalia? Yeah, I think they, they very well might mm. be. Uh, to be honest, literally, I'm I'm still on the I'm still on the fence on this. I'm not even on the fence, do you know what? I, I no, I don't think this is all because they're mad at Miro. I really don't think it is. Because it's not like Lana was getting this massive push before all of this. It's not like she was being taken a hundred percent seriously before all of this. It's just they need someone to put through a table uh, by Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. And Lana's the easiest person to put through the table. Yeah, she is like the sort of most... That that heel character that gets come up and it's a bit more easier than, than Natalia, I guess. Uh, I think everyone's looking in the wrong direction for the heat. I don't think this is because of Miro or Rusev. I think it's because of the... She is apparently one of the straws that broke the camel's back in regards to third parties. It was Lana's deal with Bang Energy on Instagram, which, and her Instagram is under Lana, WWE, I think, not CJ Perry. That was kind of when WWE were like, all right, let's, don't do that. Mm -hmm. I think it's a bit of punishment 
for taking those deals outside the company. WWE have done this throughout their entire history. Oh, you think you're bigger than the company getting your own deals like a bloody independent contractor? Well, good luck getting those deals when we bury you on television every week. Bang Energy is a hilarious name as well. It sounds like it's another name for Blue Chew. I think it was Mojo Rawley's finisher at one point. <laughs> so Ask, yeah, Ask around Wild with the hot tag. Uh, Mandy Rose beat Lana. Then Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler made their return from self-isolation, I guess, is the, is the reason they said on Twitter, and they put uh, Lana through Holly, the table. They weren't medically cleared to wrestle. Mm. That's why they were off TV. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, then we got so Mandy Rose now. She's been on Raw for two weeks ahead of the draft, and she's won, got the the winning pin in a six man tag. This one with the Raw Women's Champion, she's got the winning pin back to back weeks. Yeah, setting them up for a tag match down the line with Jackson Baszler. A bit of a push for Mandy Rose. Uh, uh, is Vince high on her backstage? <sighs> Um, after that, we got our truth doing. I'm just done with the 24/7 title. If, oh, if I wasn't done already, I don't know what state in existential doneness I am with this. <laughs> I said this to Pete on the what's the last pay per view clash um, of champions live stream. I was in. I, I cheered uproariously when Drew Gulak won the title because I thought, thank God that title is now off Raw and it's not on the show that I have to review <laughs> anymore. And then Truth Bloody won it back. And it doesn't, it looks like it didn't matter because Drew somehow got drafted to Raw in all of this and is now just part of this little gimmick. I hate it. Hate it, hate it, hate it. Yeah, so Drew Gulak, everyone is disguised as either a ninja or a janitor. That's how Drew got the title here. We should probably talk about this because it is the draft on Friday and it concludes with next Monday's Raw. And, you know, we say, we say this a lot, that, that so much storytelling potential. You could have people vying to be certain level of picks, people saying, well, I don't want to be on this this show anymore, so I'm going to get one more match to definitely beat you, settle this once and for all. You can build it up as a mini pay-per-view. Tag teams, factions should be worried that they're going to be split apart. Why isn't the Hurt Business worried? Why aren't the Riot Squad worried? I just, it's, it, the, the, the draft was the only promotion of the draft was them saying the draft is on Friday. Not that it has any real storyline implications to the characters. They're just hoping for a big number on Friday. You know, the Fiend is having a match. They're doing Banks mm. Bailey like early. They are, yeah, 100% looking for a big, big number for this coming Friday show. And the draft is sort of like, you know, the, the sort of secondary bonus to that, I guess. Um, Seth Rollins and Murphy then took on Umberto Carrillo and Dominic Mysterio. Umberto Carrillo with a bit of butt fluff, bum fluff around his face now. He's got a beard. Umberto Carrillo is just like, he is the, he's the bitch of the Mysterio family, isn't he? He's just like <laughs> always out there fighting for Ray's honor, tagging with his kid. But like, but they never, they never reference him. Like the, the family are never hanging out with Carrillo, but he's just sort of like, he just wants to hang out with them, but they're not interested. So, because they've got their own family internal like squabbles and stuff, I just feel really bad for him. Like, who's he, what's what's what purpose does he serve? To be fair, there were there was a month, uh, what wait like four years ago at the start of lockdown when he would just leave Rey Mysterio to get beaten up by Seth Rollins. Do you remember those? Like, he was there. He was there yeah. in the building, and he was fine. He just walked off in the previous match, but never came out to save him. 
Um, yeah, uh, this this was this was good stuff. I thought it was mainly mm-hmm. Seth Rollins versus Murphy. There was a lot of tension between them. And what I loved about this was first Seth's performance. I got CM Punk vibes throughout from Seth throughout this show. He kept on like screaming at Buddy because Mur- Murphy wanted him to apologize to Aaliyah for leaking their messages. And Seth was like, no, you apologize to me. I'm Messiah, your disciple. Messiah, disciple. And he kept doing that throughout the match. But then Murphy, and what was a, a huge character step for him, he hit Carrillo midair with a sort of V-trigger knee and, and won. That, I think that's like Murphy's yeah. first pinfall victory by himself since joining Monday, the Monday Night Messiah group. It was always Seth helping him out there. Yeah, and I I, actually, I really like this Seth Murphy storyline. I know there are people who are not comfortable with all the Aaliyah stuff, and I totally get that. I really, really do. But it's one of the few storylines of Raw I, I genuinely feel some investment in. And I do, and I, I think it's mostly down to Rollins. I think Rollins is doing some really, really good acting in all of this. I think Murphy's doing great. Leah was, I, I put her over a lot, but she was exceptionally wooden on this week's show. I felt bad about how much I put her over in the last <laughs> couple of weeks. I was like, come on, Leah, I'm on your side. Oh, it was painful. That was a backstage but- segment later. <laughs> Uh, Murphy, uh, do not want you to go out there. Um, You're not going to apologize to him. <laughs> but the bit that made me, I laughed a lot during this this match because the story of this match is that Rollins and Murphy cannot get along. So Carrillo's hot tag is that he runs wild. Murphy and Rollins then argue with each other, which allows Carrillo to run wild even more. Murphy and Rollins ignore the running wild so they can continue having an argument, which allows Carrillo to run wild even more. And in the end, Murphy was like, I've had enough of this, lad, and pins him. Carrillo is such a loser. What an absolute <laughs> joke. I, uh, I, I feel like he was the first, though. He was the first Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon is high on <laughs> wrestler story. Yeah. Like it was about a year ago that these stories started. Uh, so I've got a place in my heart for Korea. Yeah. Uh, after that, that Murphy and <laughs> Beth. Oh, you're right. Yeah. No, sorry. I thought you were going to go on to the uh, the Adam Pearce segment with Braun. I was. Just, uh, that's next, but. Rollins and Murphy shouted at each other afterwards, and Seth said, "You've got to apologize to me by some point." And then they they even had a countdown timer on on screen. But yes, what happened with Braun Strowman, Luke? So Adam Pierce is on the phone. Raw General Manager Adam Pierce, and then Braun walks up to him, and he says, "Raw Underground isn't happening this week, but I want a match." And Adam Pierce says, "I can't give you a match." Because you're on SmackDown, but I can give you an exhibition match. And Braun says, What's an exhibition match? And then Adam Pierce says, It's basically an unsanctioned match. It's not going to count against your win loss record. Like that's ever mattered in anything. And then Braun says, And he walks off. <laughs> and then Keith Lee walks up and says, I'll have that match. I smell a bullshit, sorry, bull S word finish and all of this. I want to apologize. That's the second time I've nearly done that. And, but it just, I, I was trying to make heads or tails of this. Why can't Braun have a match? Every, like Cesaro and Nakamura had a match and they were okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to, there, there weren't any other interbrand matches on this show, but, but Bray were... was also on this show. Kevin Owens went to SmackDown and it was fine. 
Yeah, uh, Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode made the jump last week. Mandy Rose is very fresh on Raw. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, we had Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro wrestling, the yeah. Street Profits. So it's like, so, yeah. So it was, was Bray Wyatt part of the quarterly invitational acceptance draft thing? And but Braun's not allowed to be, because why wasn't Braun? Like, they just like, there was no reason for Braun not because Braun had a match. Like like you can call it unsanctioned all you want. He he had a match. Yeah, it's well, was it a match? We'll get on to that. It doesn't make any sense. We're not we're not going to find an answer by going through the the minutia of section three, paragraph A, part two to go. Ah, but in this interpretation of the inter. <laughs> Uh, the, the cross-brand invitational. Uh, after that, we got Kevin Owens uh, having a KO show segment. I thought this was pretty good, actually. It's uh, good. He, really like it. Yeah, he, it was, and I realized it was the first time that someone has feuded with The Fiend and properly like, been a good enough promo to get over what The Fiend does to people. So I know yeah. Daniel Bryan was the only other person I thought who's, who's a great promo, who's been allowed to be a great promo. Because uh, I would say Seth is also a great promo, but he he was made to look stupid against the theme last year yeah. uh, to, to to feud with White so far. But Owens here spoke about how when people are touched by the fiend, when the mandible claw was down in his throat and it was cutting off his airways, he, yeah, it was really really good. I thought, uh, and then he said he sort of threw away the KO set said we don't need this i'm just want to fight uh first alistair black then the fiend who's next the brood the ministry of darkness and then bray wyatt does a firefly funhouse sings a song about them being friends and kevin owens was like well and then said let's have a segment let's have that match on friday and owens was like i'm coming after you now walks out and alistair black knocks him out yeah I thought this was really, really good. I'm really into this Kevin Owens Bray Wyatt feud. I, I think you said on the news today that the planned Wyatt Roman feud has sort of been scrapped. Maybe, uh, it, maybe Fiend's coming across to Raw. Maybe KO's going across to SmackDown. But um, I could have more of this. I hope it's not just a one and done uh, on SmackDown. I really do. Mm. Uh, I th I thought Black looks pretty good in all this too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we got Drew confirming he'll fight Randy at Hell in a Cell. Then we got the payoff to this non-win-loss exhibition unsanctioned match. When Tom Phillips said this will not count towards their win-loss record, I that had to be a rib. That had to be a rib on AEW. <laughs> had to be, right? So what I don't get about this is Braun Strowman isn't allowed a match. So no. they go through great lengths, great, ridiculous, contrived lengths to explain how he's getting to wrestle in a raw ring on Monday night. And then they do a match that doesn't go a minute and him and Keith Lee get counted out almost immediately. I'm surprised this match went 10 seconds to get <laughs> counted out. They're on the outside and the referee just counts them both out. What if, if, you, if you're not going to have an actual match, why go through all the 
the rigmarole of trying to explain why you can have the match. Why doesn't Braun just come out and say, I want a match, but Raw Underground isn't here. I don't know. Whether... And, and then Adam Pearce is like, well, you can't have a match. That's not a thing. And Keith Lee's like, I'll fight you. And Adam Pearce is like, well, no, you can't. You can't. You've got to wait till the draft. Hey, maybe that's pushed the idea of draft. Maybe you'll be able to face each other in some new iteration of the rosters. And Braun and Keith are like, we're big burly men. We're going to fight anyway. And then they do all the cool stuff that happened after that lame countout finish. The going through the barricade, the throw into the LED screen, the throw off the side of the stage through some little box production area. But they didn't. All of that stuff I found quite annoying and lame because they'd already done yet another non-finish double countout thing for Keith Lee. Yeah, 100%. Like this would have been so much better if it was just a brawl. Like this wasn't a match. This because like the match, it was an unsanctioned match, right? So do you remember the unsanctioned match between Omega and Moxley and like how brutal and violent that was? The ref is literally just here to to count the pinfall. That's all that he's allowed to do. And then this referee sort of plays by the rules and just counts them out the ring. <laughs> hey, this match is unsanctioned, but I do want to finish inside this ring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so. If they'd have just taken all of that out, taken out the, the Adam Pierce uh, segment backstage, and just, as you said there, just have Braun come out, cut this promo, and him and Lee Brawl, because the brawl that these two had was pretty great. It was really, really good. It's the most I've been into Braun in, like, since the Bobby Lashley, like, you know that Bobby Lashley brawl that they had when Heyman first took over mm. Raw? Like, that is what I was getting from this. And I wanted that. But all I could think about was like, ah, oh, it's a shame that this didn't count to their win-loss record. <laughs> it's, yeah. I, I, I love the idea of Braun Keith. It's like uh, Will Hobbs and Brian Cage on AEW. Just put two guys who are big next to each other, and you're like, yeah, I'm in. And, and WWE, in the space of three segments, managed to make me a bit frustrated with it, which is just remarkably inept. Uh, after that, we got Bianca Belair with her latest I'm Better Than Everyone segment, which was on board games. The same night we launched a board game channel. Although it was... What a board rubbish game. board game. <laughs> what a rubbish board game this was. The questions hadn't been vetted mm. because Bianca Belair had to correct a few of these. This is a very bad board game. Don't buy this board game. Go and check out the board games that Adam Blompier suggested in his list video about which games you should play for, for party things. Don't get this. This was a very bad board game. Phenomena. Let's go and subscribe over there. Uh, R-Truth won the 24-7 title back from Drew Gulak and Akira Tazao was in a bin and they brawled in a bin and who cares? Uh, then we got the Ricochet, <laughs> Cruz, Benjamin, Lashley tag match. I wrote in my notes. Uh, Drew, Truth, and Tazawa do comedy. Truth wins the title back. I am stuck in Groundhog Day. Mm. And then we got the Hurt Business versus Ricochet and Apollo Crews. I was like, I literally am stuck in Groundhog Day. It's the same show every single week. Yeah, the, the, we were saying last week, I said, look, Raw's just going to be like this for this week and the week after because they're stuck in pre-draft purgatory. They can't start any new feuds because they don't know where the rosters are going to end up. And then they put Ali as the, the leader of retribution. I'm like, oh, can't you even do being boring right? <laughs> uh, Murphy spoke to Aliyah backstage about whether he should apologize to Seth. That's when they won all the Oscars. And <laughs> Seth and Murphy had a bit in the ring. Uh, and Seth, Seth was really good here, like explaining all the reasons Murphy should apologize, going through like being a buddy, 
and then being angry. And then Murphy finally snapped after all these months, after pretty much all of 2020 so far, he snapped, got out the kendo stick, wailed on Seth. But it's a classic babyface mistake. The heel apologized and the babyface goes, well, yeah, that's, that's good enough for me. I'll drop yeah, my weapon right by your hands. And yeah. Seth picked up the kendo stick, beat Buddy back up, and it only stopped when Aaliyah and the Mysterio family kind of ran out to Murphy's defense. I am into this story, man. I don't know what to tell you, I, but I'm really, really into this. I think that Seth is doing great work. I think Murphy's doing great work. Aside from that one backstage segment, I do think is doing great work, but I think the Mysterio family are doing great work. I think Ray and Dominic are doing, and Angie are doing great work. I love that the commentators go silent. This genuinely feels like it's real, like that this isn't supposed to be part of the show. And like, so the commentators just drop, like Tom Phillips isn't explaining the storyline over this. They're just letting the actions in the ring, the actions on screen tell the story and the rest of this tell the story. I really, really like this. It's my, it's the one thing on Raw I'm really, really into, and I look forward to each week. And I, I concur with that. That's that's a good point. Uh, but as much as you like this, I've got to say my favorite thing on the show was next, and that was Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax destroying the Riot Squad. This was the match we were supposed to have at Clash of Champions, the title match for the Women's Tag Team Championships, and. They just, Shayna did the arm break spot on Ruby early on. Granted, Ruby then got a hot tag, which seemed to heal it, but they, they sold it pretty well for the start. Shayna just looked brilliant. The way she carries herself is fantastic. Nia was good value for money as well as this sort of monster, but conniving heel on the outside. And then the way Shayna won, making Ruby tap in a choke, like choking her out. And Ruby is selling this like just real terror. And Shayna's positioning her so she's looking directly at Liv. I thought they were amazing. What a surprisingly fantastic act they've turned out to be. Oh, no. I could oh, not be you are. more surprised that this... Has Luke frozen for everyone else? Or is that just me? It's about... It's that time of the week where one of us has internet troubles. Is it me? And I'm, I'm, am I back now? I think you're back. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? It was during your little monologue then. I was like, because you were breaking up a little bit. And I was like, oh, no, my internet's playing up. So I was constantly like refreshing websites. And I was like, no, no, it's fine. And then as soon as you finished, that was when it cut out. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I was, was going to concur with you. 100% concur with you. Who would have thought that Jax and Baszler would end up being a really, really good act together. And when they came out to beat up Lana for the third straight week, you know, putting her through a table, I thought they looked so, so awesome. And they looked badass in this match here. And this finish and everything, I thought they looked great. And the Riot did her job perfectly in all of this, as did Liv. This match really, really shocked me in, in how much I enjoyed it because like, I've, I've, I've not been invested in it. But yeah, totally, totally into it. But it was great. Yeah, the the because when Jackson and Shayna were put together, it was like, oh, they're an odd couple. Well, how will they clap, like mix? And that was part of the comedy. That's why it seemed like it might work early on. But what they've stumbled across is actually a really coherent blend of attitudes. Like mm -hmm. they're both bullies. Yeah. I I'm I I am very impressed. 
Hey, Jobba JJ so, um, sums it up perfectly. They're not like most acts. <laughs> uh, after that, we got the MVP versus Ali, which turned into the Ali being revealed as the Retribution leader bit. And then we got Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler as Randy Orton's latest Dogs of War faction versus Dogs of War alumni Drew McIntyre <laughs> and the Street Profits in the main event. Yeah. I mean, it was a match. You know, not not really much to it. Um, Orton gave the Street Profits a little near fall, which was, you know, I was that was good of him. Um, but pff, yeah, you know, it was a match, and at the end of it, uh, Orton picked up the win. And the, actually, crucially to this, Orton pinned McIntyre. I really wish they'd put this over more on commentary. I think that's the first time that Drew's been pinned all year. Like it's, since, it's the first since Survivor Series, right? Last November, yeah. That sh- that should feel like such a big deal. Like they mm. should have been hammering that on commentary. But um, yeah, I, I thought it was, you know, decent enough finish. But I think the problem is I'm kind of over Drew Wharton at this point. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, I, I, it was it was a fine match. Um, hmm. I just think it was the wrong placement on the show. Uh, make it main event one of the other hours and have the retribution thing as the main event if you really cared about it. Uh, but yes, other than that, I gave it a three out of five. Like, but with with AEW, a lot of people are always like, "But you just said it was an amazing show. Why did you only give it three out of five? And I'm like, "By AEW's own standards, a three out of five is really enjoyable." Now, this is I'm giving Raw the exact same mark, but it is it's the same theory working against it. By Raw's own standards, this is a three out of five show, but that does not mean I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It was it was better than last week, and it was better than the week before. So I would also give it, you know, a low three out of five, but you know, a, a three out of five nonetheless. Also, I'm just going to go, you know, obviously you're my mortal enemy, think you're a big dickhead, but your rating system is flawless, and it just makes sense. <laughs> thank you very much. Well, uh, no, 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 thank you. <laughs> well, did you say yes, please? Did you say yes. No, Get in with all your su- 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 super chats. Last call for those. Ian Bolton. I like the idea of Ali leading Retribution, but I'm with Mr. Davis. WWE throwing ideas at the creative wall, hoping they'll stick, have never ended well. Uh, mm. Charles Berg says Retribution names part four Blaster, Jactus Cack, <laughs> Battle Toad, Heartache, Tony the Tiger, Flame Broiled, Java Chip, and of course. <laughs> Spunk. That could be spunk his is... Charles, you're never going to top Spunk like that. <laughs> Timothy BT. Hope Vince is real leader of Retribution and is called Money Clip. <laughs> I like all these. Chris Connor. I'll lead to parody Mob Boss Brody Lee next week. Disappearing in the meta asshole. Mixed out, Max to Alba. I think next week Ali will tie it together and talk about how the WWE has taken opportunity after opportunity from him, also high from Hawaii. I like the idea of that, Max, but I don't think it actually works practically because you're talking there about kayfabe stories that have shoot been dropped. And that just says to me, oh, okay, so it's all fake, which I don't particularly yeah. enjoy. 
I don't enjoy it. I think you can get a, you know, do around it. You know, WWE overlooked him for Kofi Kingston. He was supposed to get the Elimination Chamber spot and then he got injured and then never got anything. So I think there's something you can do on in that. Uh, it's just, it's very, it's worth remembering it wasn't the plan. So hmm. it's just, they are making things up as they go along. The Jam uh, 1 Ryan B. Jam. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, do you want me to take no, over or do you want to carry on? Uh, the Jan 1 Ryan B. Jan. Rude and Dolph are not Orton's lackeys. They were in a match to set up a title feud against the Street Profits. Semantics. Come on. <laughs> you know where this is going. God, I'm sure. I know the 24-7 picture is boring, but it was funny when R-Truth um, noticed the janitor and thought it was Randy Orton. I don't think it's particularly funny. I'm past that. Uh, the bit I did like was I read the uh, whiteboard of our truths drafts, and on SmackDown was the other Carmella, which I thought was yes. a fun joke at Carmella's return thing. Uh, Sam Holmes, Otis to cash in on Drew versus Orton at Hell in a Cell, goes to Raw, gets back with Mandy, splits up heavy machinery. Thoughts? I think that's all terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very sorry, Sam. Sorry. Uh, the Adnup 2. <laughs> the Adnup 2. WWE are so bad at building baby faces uh, that I never bought into Murphy beating down Seth. The longer it went on, the more I knew Seth would stand tall. Yeah, it's very repetitive, the, the way they do things. Yeah, I agree. I, I saw it coming that Seth was going to make a comeback. James Dobinson, uh, quick questions. Chances of Alistair Black joining a faction with The Feed and Alexa Bliss? Hate that. Hate that a lot. Um, and uh, lastly, will Ali be re uh, finally revealed as the hacker? I think they'll probably try and tie the two together, but I think it'll be incredibly lazy uh, to mm. just... Because, like, how can you justify someone doing a hacker storyline months ago that then just stopped like that's very difficult to be like and then i just i stopped doing it <laughs> i uh, i don't think black should join the fiends faction either but i've got to admit i had a pang of worry that that might be a direction for him on this show Ugh, don't like that mate uh nate s is lana actually going through the table or are they just inserting the same gif every week <laughs> That's that's uh that reminds me of a Simpsons joke of the the voice art the voice artist who used to do Road Runner who's in the Poochie episode yeah oh, and she yeah. said well they only paid me for one beep and they doubled it up in post beep beep <laughs> uh, do you want to take over yeah Seymour Mendes Jr I can't remember is NXT involved in the draft this year if so how hilariously bad would it be if Retribution got drafted to NXT. <laughs> That would be amazing. <laughs> and nobody knows is the truth. Not even Triple H, if you take him for his word. Although MVP did say on Raw that NXT is part of the draft. Yeah, and I, I've heard through like things that I have heard over the past week or so would suggest that NXT is involved. Um, but that's just things that I've heard over the last couple of weeks. Max D'Alba again. So I watched a clip of Asker on the after show and I think Flair is returning soon. Felt like a setup to be used on her return during the draft. I mean, what better way to bring her back into another title feud with Asker? Well, one of the, well, when she first went out, they did say potentially Survivor Series or Royal Rumble. So that mm -hmm. makes sense. Uh, Kevin, 2020 has taught us a few things. Be safe, love each other. And Umberto Carrillo is the worst wrestler ever. Seriously, has he won a match this year? Vendor cage match. 
I'll Let's find, find out. out. Charlie Davis, I can't tell if the seams of WWE, Raw especially, are showing so badly because of the pandemic or because they finally have viable competition. Um, a bit, bit, bit of both, I think, and also just lazy writing that I think they're very complacent. Uh, Amro. I found, a, I found a winning match for Korea. Uh, he won at the end of August, beating Akira Tozawa on main events. Um, and he also beat Arturo Roas uh, at the start of August on main events. Wow, somebody yours stop was... him. <laughs> Amro, you can't hey, blame you beat, the... beat He beat Shane Thorne on main events back in July. A Amro, you can't blame WWE for not booking long-term storylines. Everything gets leaked out nowadays. Also, oh. Luke, I tried to watch Ghostbusters and it sucked. I think we what? have a troll. I was going to say, Amro, I've just read your comment there and it sucked. Um, that is a terrible, <laughs> terrible defense for WWE. That everything gets nonsense, mate. Absolutely nonsense. Things got leaked out all the time. And it has done for the last 30 plus years. And it's never stopped them. Start All of Star Wars, the scripts always get leaked. But yeah. they still, well, they do their best. Nate S. Whenever anyone brawls in a dumpster or trash, I want a tentacle monster. <laughs> on WWE, stay consistent, lol. Yes, please. Kevin, just arrived. Don't know if it was asked already, but whatever. What are your thoughts on TakeOver 31? Very good show. Good. Very good show. I thought Gargano Priest was excellent. It was really good. Probably too many lady returns. I think that's somewhat mudded the yeah. star power. I, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer. I thought Tony Storm's promo was absolutely bobbins. Mm. I thought it was a really, like, it was a Leah levels of rubbish this week. <laughs> Bodega Vega. You can hear Tom laugh when KO says Fiend Touch. Don't know why. Cool. <laughs> uh, Injection 2K Fiend going to Raw. Is Bray jealous of Bliss Fiend? Uh, huh. I don't know if I want to see that play out. I think that'd be a bit weird. Uh, Zachary Jenkins, in a kayfabe world, what is Ang Angel Garza obsession with the Raw tag team titles? <clears throat> the, they're uh, the championships. Yeah, you want to win the belts, right? Get paid more money in kayfabe if you're the champions. Uh, Tigers in your lungs. Drake Maverick in Retribution. Rockstar Spunk. Nice, like it. Very good, but that won't happen. Uh, George Yamani. I feel they care about more about SmackDown. It certainly seems to be the, the perception so far. Yeah, I think um, SRS was talking about this on um, Fightful Select that WWE have always, like, and always had a case of that they can't focus on two shows at the same time. Like, it's all, like, they will focus all their attention on one show and then the other one gets forgotten about. So at the mm -hmm. moment, SmackDown is the priority. That's the one they're focusing on. So Raw just gets, Raw becomes the afterthought. I'd imagine when Miz gets drafted to Raw, uh, Raw will then become the A show again. Um, yeah. Jose Quinde, Autumn was a janitor because he can't do Twitch. Hey. Gotta get that extra money in. Nice. Um, apparently, this was a uh, Christopher Jazzcat. I missed one from Thursday. Uh, I'm glad they continue Kingston and Moxley. Keen for more of this. Naito versus Sonata from the G1 was great. Thank you for covering New Japan on Wrestle 2. Yes. You're welcome. Great work. Yeah, we're doing great work over there. Uh, Bacon Rasher. I thought Aces and Eights was Impact. That's the same thing, Bacon Rasher. The TNA Retribution line was more about the names. Sorry, I worded that wrong. Quizzlemania, Quizzlemania Week. Ah. So, Quizzlemania is actually taking a week off this week. I know it took a week off last week, but Adam's away this week. He is—is uh, is he actually gone to Jersey? No, no, he's gone somewhere else because of yes, 
flighty That's stuff. It, yeah, because of flight stuff. So we'll be back next week. But we have got quite the show lined up for it. Teases. If everything comes, which like, works out. Yeah, yeah. And at the moment, everything is very much working out. Um, Aaron Simmons, Ali could definitely do a kayfabe promo about Elimination Chamber and how he looked at the um, Mitz contract for three hours. I think Money in the Bank contract for three hours. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dad Train 24, Wrestle Talk seems like genuine best friends. As 2020 marches on, do you find it harder uh, or not to actually be together IRL or are you used to it by now? If anything, the pandemic has made me realize how much I hate this guy. That's why, oh. I'm glad. I'm glad I don't have to see him in the flesh. But I got to see Adam and Laurie uh, a couple of weeks ago, and we had a beer together, and it was excellent. We just talked about Buffy and its terrible accents. (laughs) (laughs) Spike! Remember Angel used to be Irish? I'm Angel, so I am. Yeah, he was originally from Ireland. I'm Angel, so I am. Uh, Mr. Davis, ever wondered what a best jobber and your number one looks like? Well, now you can. Head on over to LS11 Universe and subscribe. Oh, John Jane. JTJ four nine six. Oh, is LS eleven universe? Zandamania thing. Ah, okay. Yeah. Um, Sam time. I was feeling down. Thank God for South Park. Um, I haven't seen the pandemic special yet. I've heard so many good things. Yeah, I'm going to seek it out. Yeah, Zachary Jenkins. Because Kevin Owens had a run with the Fiend. Does that mean we'll be getting the prize fighter Owens back? I I don't know. I, I hope so. But yeah. who knows? They, they keep who... watching his character too. So, you know, uh, a little while back, we had that email topic about good actors doing bad acting. And yeah. uh, I got this, email, got this email in from Michael, a podswafter from Derry in Ireland, which I imagine is where Derry Girls is set. Could be. Or mm. it, it, I feel like large parts of Ireland are called the same, the same thing. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's all uh, County Cork. Is that mm-hmm. County Cork? County, County Wicklow. Yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, 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 maybe Derry is just another name for Ireland. Yeah, uh, yeah, it could be. Anyway, he says, hi, Ollie and Luke. I'm a first time emailer having having listened to the podcast for the past year. I finally built up the courage to send you an email. Recently on a podcast, you were talking about bad acting in films from good actors. I was surprised that the segment never took off. You and me both, Michael. But I think I've got a really good clip from you. It comes from one of my favorite actors, Jeff Goldblum in the lost world jurassic park thank you for all the great work you do best wishes michael apodsfactor from Derry in ireland now i'm not even going to dignify this oh. by playing the clip michael so, sorry alexa stop and making bread <laughs> <laughs> that was an important bread timer carry on do, do you need to go and tend well, to the bread you said it was I, an important I, timer ideally i need to put it into proof do you want to go do that now I mean, is that okay? That's okay. You're just gonna talk by yourself for a bit. Well, yeah, I, I'm just gonna go silent, and then I will just—I mean—through the magic of editing. Okay, okay, okay. You, you do your thing. You do you. Three hours later, I'm back. And he's back. But yeah. Anyway, so I'm not even gonna dignify this with a response, Michael. Very glad that you've emailed in. Thank you for building up the the courage to email this in. But Jeff Goldblum's acting in every single movie is flawless. <sighs> Well, you know, it, it's something to take great pleasure in because he's so unique. The way he acts is like a jazz a jazz improviser. 
And you know, but skip by 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 he riffs. He riffs. Uh, but one it's of never... the most fun people I've interviewed. Mm. The most fun people I've ever interviewed. But surely, uh Darry, you're Darry man. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's he's plucked up all this courage to email him. We've got to we've got to at least hear him out. He's included yes, the well, clip. He has included a clip. I'm just getting it now for us to have a little list to. Probably should have done this while you were here we go. Oh yeah. Ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. But then later there's running and then screaming that's great Mm. yeah so it i guess a a critic would say he seems very disinterested there or maybe even slyly mocking the premise of a dinosaurs coming back to life movie i for one love it though that is all in character of ian malcolm though that's what ian malcolm is like in the first movie where he is this sort of like he yeah, I think that is totally within character of Ian Malcolm. That's not Jeff Goldblum acting. That is Ian Malcolm, the character. Oh, come on. Most of <laughs> Jeff not... Goldblum's characters are Jeff Goldblum. That's not e- that's not Jeff Goldblum acting. That's Jeff Goldblum telling the truth. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, why were you hungover? What were you drinking on Sunday night? Well, we just went for a little brewery tour and then Ooh. had... Um, some some board games back at, <gasps> back at my flat. Board games, you say? Did you watch a, a list video? To, yeah, we're um... not even completely coincidental that we launched a board game channel the following day with Phenomenons. Please do go and check it out. It's really quite proud of all the stuff that I've had no involvement in. Adam, you, Laurie, you've all made this this terrific channel, and I'm like, ah, oh, that's nice. I, I got. Uh, to, I want to watch the uh, first cut of my actually good video. Uh, on Sunday, it's looking very good. Is Monopoly so, actually good? Oh yeah, they've done some good work. The editing is department have done some good work. Is it good? With the game? Yeah. You have to find out. You have to find Ooh. out when the video is released. Ooh. Little tease for you. Anyway, sorry, I interrupted you. Tell me about your p- group of six that were socially yeah. distanced within your house. I mean, we. I don't know what the rules are anymore. <laughs> Because I no was one like, knows what they are. I was like, is this okay? Because we're three different households meeting. And I looked, I even looked on the government website and they said, look, it's six. That's it. That's the only thing we're pushing right now. It's just six people and pubs have to close at 10. Mm-hmm. That's it. Apart from like, government okay. pubs. The government pubs are okay. Well, the, the, the government pub inside the House of Commons uh, has to stop serving alcohol at 10, but can stay open longer than 10. Because mm. um, they're better than us. They're better than us, you see. And they know it. They're, they're working hard on, on <laughs> all the various conflicting bits of coronavirus restriction information. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but we played Heisen Splitch, the grabby game. Oh, it's so good. That's that wicked with multiple people as well got grabby and then you know that some of the girls had long fingernails <laughs> and that was okay i can take mm-hmm. that but my other friend who is a six foot three six foot four big guy has been growing his nails because he's bought a new guitar and he wanted to pluck better so he mm-hmm. had just like this one hand of jagged claws and the whole point of the game there's some objects in the middle someone turns over a game it's like a sort of thinking Dr. Kawashima brain training thing. You've got to figure out which object you need to grab first. And he will just 
He's got two tactics. He either just shouts the wrong thing, red sofa, and he grabs the the right thing, or he pushes everything over. (laughs) That's not okay. That's not okay. I'm pretty sure that's the way that my wife uh, used to play the Mm. game. She once had to like take herself away from a game because she realized she was too drunk to be playing it (laughs) at a a family Christmas. (laughs) And (laughs) my brother had quite jokingly because my brother was uh had moved back to my parents house for a little bit because he just moved back from sweden and we were staying in what would have been his room which is actually supposed to be the guest room so as a joke he put two chocolates on our pillows like two mm-hmm. like miniature heroes on our chocolates to be, uh, on our pillows to be like it's like a hotel my wife fell asleep on the chocolates and, uh... <laughs> so she woke up with chocolate on her face yeah, yeah oh, no. on her face. <laughs> that must be so drunk to god talk about princess and the pea your wife is the opposite of fancy. <laughs> um, and the other game was the Excellent Resistance, where I played an amazing game. Oh. Everyone was convinced that I was the only guy who was definitely not a spy, and I was definitely a spy. Oh, played man. them. Well done. What was your tactic? Or do you know what to reveal it in case we play a game together sometime? Um, what was my tactic? Well, I just wasn't picked early on. So by the time mm. I was picked, there was so much doubt cast on <laughs> everyone else. So when I went in, I did. A, I passed. I passed us mm. because I, I thought we still had still like a chance to, if I was brought on enough things back. So it's like every every other mission without me, every other combination of person had failed, and I come on and I pass. Smart, so smart. What a wicked little game you played. I love it. Love it. Well done to you. Um, I wanted to thank you to every single person that emailed in with their thoughts on the uh, Buddy Murphy Aaliyah storyline. Maybe we'll try and get into those a bit more next week um, so we can maybe have a bit of a chat about it. Some very, very good stuff. And also thank you to do, 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 um, Connor who emailed in a very, very, very long email about uh, wrestling lethargy. Mm. And about uh, sort of the, your uh, frustrations and justified cynicism at the current WWE product. Um, so quite sad to hear Ollie sounding so disheartened and resigned towards a product he's clearly loved over the years, as we all have one time or another. Similarly, hearing Luke lament and having to get up each week to watch a show that he really doesn't enjoy. It's a damning indictment of how far uh, Raw has fallen and individuals who are lifelong wrestling fans and actively want to like the product being presented can't find a way to enjoy or get excited about it. So guys, we can make me realize and consider how uh, when we have the first Scottish wrestler born here miles from where I grow up, who's the top champion on the top brand of the top wrestling company in the world. And I don't care. (laughs) I popped massively when Drew Bro kicked Lesnar out of the rumble. I was on my feet when it happened. But I think the man and I think the man has done fantastic work since Mania. Uh, He's been booked well and allows to carry himself like a true main event megastar. So why don't I give a rat's ass? I think it's the same feeling I had when I heard you gentlemen articulating on the Raw Review. Witnessing Ollie's tangible numbness to the nothing return of Bobby Roode on Monday excuse me, and recognizing the inevitability of that moment felt very familiar. I think it's simply my faith in the creative future of this company and has been slowly and continuously eroded over the course of a generation. The embers occasionally kindle when characters like the Fiend or Roman's latest heel-term persona show up, uh, which forces us to ask, why haven't they been doing that for three years? 
on a more positive note to conclude, I'm glad on the other day of the week we get to hear you two uh, and really enjoy you being positive, uh, being passionate about the wrestling show and find it very grateful as a fan to have Dynamite to watch at the moment. So I imagine that probably felt adequately to lift your mood. For a second attempt to cheer you up, here's a, con- a contribution to a new sorry, sorry to the new song lyric segment. One I misheard for years on the Friends theme song growing up. No issues with the first line, of course. So no one told you life was gonna be this way. Well, I wasn't gonna clap because that's terrible to sync up over video (laughs) calls. Uh, Then, your job's a joke, you know. Your love life's... Uh, Okay, so he thought the line was, your job's a joke, you know, and your love life's be be always... I think the actual <laughs> lyric is. <laughs> I think the actual lyric is close to this. I could Google it, but it seems more fun to let you puzzle out. I know what the lyric is, and the only reason I know is because my wife told me within the last year what it is. So your it's... job's a joke. You're broke. Your love life's D-O-A. life is D-O-A. That's yeah. right. Dead on arrival. Yeah, I didn't know it was that. What and did you so think get... it was? I don't. I love life, Nina. Nah, <laughs> Wait, uh, so really what, did, what did Connor think it was? He thought it was. Uh, your job's a joke, you know. Your love <laughs> lives. Your, your love. Your love lives. Be always. Well, you know, sometimes <laughs> songs are nonsense, and they just <laughs> say platitudes like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Your love talk. lives. Be always. Thank you, be Connor, always. for submitting that, that in. Yes, that is a great really- segment. Misheard song lyrics. Really enjoyed meeting you at the Prince Charles Cinema slash the Phoenix Club last year. Hopefully we can look forward to No Fans Monday or another group meet up before too long. I'm sure uh, I speak to the whole SWAT Nation when I say support wrestling, support each other, screw coronavirus with love from your loyal pledge hammer. Connor, thank you so, so much. And thank you for addressing us as your Quizzlemania Tag Team Champions mm-hmm. because, oh, do we have some exciting news about that to be delivered at some point soon. Thank you all so much for listening. I've now got to scrabble and get my screen up in less than 60 seconds. Uh, Take care, everyone. I love you. Goodbye. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.